Fitness Pro Mentor community, welcome to another episode of the Fitness Pro Mentors podcast. Glenn and I, we're the Minds on Muscle show, and we love talking to personal trainers like you to help you two to three X your income and really think about how to elevate yourself as a professional. Because I really believe, we believe, our entire team, that you can make some incredible changes in people's lives if you get the right tools, the right business practice, and the right exercise stuff. But today, Glenn, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm very good. How are you doing, Brandon? I'm good. <laughs> today, how are you doing? Uh, Glenn has a really good stuff that we're going to chat about today. We're going to have some fun with today's conversation. And before we start, I encourage you, if you're listening, please comment below and let us know what is your favorite way to acquire knowledge. But on that note, Glendon. Today is all about acquiring knowledge and talking about acquiring knowledge. I don't know why I thought about this as a podcast to do uh, for today. Brent and I brainstorm. Sometimes we've got uh, plans for things that we want to dip into later on. We're trying to figure out what was going to be good for this week. And this thing about um, occurring knowledge and, and becoming smarter and being more creative has been something that's been rambling in my brain for a couple weeks now. Um, and I think it's because a large part of what we do is, is a creative endeavor. And we've talked about this before. You know, exercise and being a good professional and being really good technically is a creative endeavor. And you essentially are drawing on all these different other schools of knowledge and thought to do your task. And I think that's probably true for most things that people do uh, profession-wise. But if you're an exercise professional and you've been doing it for you know, a decade, even five years, at this point you've probably realized you wear the marketing hat, you wear the, the communication hat, you wear the sales hat, you wear the technical hat, you have to know about physiology, you have to know about anatomy, biology, physiology, you have to have some kind of some moniker of people skills. Like there's all these different things that make a really great exercise professional. You have to be able to do a lot of them really, really well. Something's just a little bit well in order to really help people, but also make the money and live the life that you want to, which is, you know, and aside from we want to help people, sure, but I don't also don't want to have to worry about money and have that be a big problem in my life for forever, right? It's not really anymore, actually, at all. We were talking about that before. Um, so this idea came to me. was like, why don't we talk about, like, like how, do you, how do you learn? How do you figure out what to learn? How do you know what to, to do so that you can improve your, your quality of what it is you've chosen to do with your life so that you can be a better trainer, better husband, better wife, better partner, better father, better homeowner, like whatever you want to call that. Um, and there's so many different things that come up, like some things we'll talk about today are, are you know, certifications. You know, like is the knowledge you get from a certification really something that you should be pursuing all the time? Because how many people do you know which are certification stackers, they're doing a new course every month and they still aren't making the kind of money they want to after seven or eight years. A ton, a ton. Right. And so there's all these different things that come up and, and it's like, you know, is what you're studying right now something that's going to be beneficial for you and your clients or just something you want to study about for your hobbies? So there's all these different things that we could talk about. And I think it's going to be really interesting today. And, and this is where I think the real meat and potatoes is, at least for me. And, and, you know, if you're listening in the future, I think this is what it might be for you, which is... If you are always studying and learning the information that you need to right now, that's gonna have the biggest impact on your business, you are going to be light years ahead of everyone else because you're learning what you need to to move yourself forward. And to have that skill of knowing which knowledge to, to learn and what to study and knowing what to keep and what to discard, that's huge. That is the, that's growth and learning in a nutshell. And there's all these different ways we can think about how to accrue knowledge, but that's kind of why we're talking about this today. 100%, man. And just really quickly before we jump in, uh, you know, Dominic's here. He says, what's up, fellas? Hey, Dom, if you're watching, 
What's your favorite way of acquiring knowledge? And open your dang gym. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, I think it's super fun. And uh, I think we should just jump right into it because there's a lot of different things you can do from learning new information and then how you optimize that information. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think there's a really great analogy here. And it's like, if you think about eating meat, <laughs> you go to the butcher, right? And you're like, okay, I would like some ground beef, please, right? You go get a cow, you chop up the cow, you get the meat off, the muscles that you like, and you're good to go. And you go, okay, well, that's it. Well, I mean, back in the day, several years ago, and even other cultures, like when I was living in China, they don't waste one inch of any animal or anything that they cook. They use everything for everything. And there's two ways to look at that. One, they're not wasteful. Great. Second, they're really creative with finding ways to, how do we use the bones to create some bone broth? What can I do with the eyes? Yeah, that's weird. We don't do that in a Western world. But that's a fun thing to think about. Not about eating meat, but how do we take a concept and we optimize and get really, really creative with it? And I think that's one of the strengths that I, I try to teach everybody here is how do you learn a principle like resistance profiles? And then how do you blow it up so much that you have done so much creative exploration that you have true ownership over it? So, you know, when we do this, Glenn, what's your favorite way of acquiring knowledge? That's a great question. And I think this is where it gets into the gritty is because it depends on what that thing is. Well, we're going to right. talk about exercise. Let's do exercise. Sure, exercise. So, I mean, for me, where I'm at right now is I feel like I have a decent understanding of, of force and structure in the body. I mean, the reason I, I preface that is in case you have not taken uh, any of the programs that really look at that, like, uh, like through like N1 education or resistance training specialist, if you can really understand force and how to apply it to the body and then also understand the, the structure of the human body and how the structure in the human body dictates the function of those bones, those muscles, those tendons, so on and so forth, you're going to get a pretty dang good idea of exercise mechanics and what to do with people when you see certain things based on their goals. And so for me, because we're at, we have asked individually, I have a pretty decent grasp on that. So where I'm at for myself is I really, and I think this is probably where like the meat potatoes comes for if you're listening or, or you're rewatching is, you have to be able to take a look at objectively where you, you, the health of your business is right now, what's going on inside of it, and then be able to take a look at that information and say, okay, where am I falling short? What's not working right now? And then be able to go out and find the knowledge and materials you need to circumvent whatever that lowest common denominator is. So we've talked before on this podcast about like the five pillars of personal training, which are... Technical, business, communication, creativity, and mastery. Perfect. So you could be like where I was maybe four or five years ago, where I had a very, I had a very good technical, um, technical look at the human body, but my ability to maintain clients, my retention, my ability to talk to people, to do sales, to do marketing, was all in the in the in the in the toilet. I, that's for lack of a better phrase. I know that's maybe not the best one to use. And so for me, it's like at that point in time, I had to look at the health of my business and be like, okay, when I work with people and they're in front of me, I do a pretty good job and they feel good. But when they feel good, they start leaving. And I'm having a hard time just getting more people through the doors. What do I got to do? And that's when you and I started working together. I started learning more, so on and so forth. So I think, you know, taking away from my personal anecdote, really looking at if you're an exercise professional, right, where am I at in my career and what am I finding is my greatest fears or my greatest concerns with my business? And then doing a little bit more digging to figure out, okay, it's this thing right now. I don't know how to market to people. What do I have to learn at a base level to improve my marketing, 
do I have a client avatar? Oh, I don't. Okay, I better figure out who my services are for. Am I good at writing, copy, and communicating to them? No, I'm okay, but I could be better. Right, how's my retention? Oh, people feel good after six weeks and they leave because they feel good, okay. How do I help keep people in my world so they keep getting benefit and I keep making money and everyone feels like they win? So it really starts with being able to take a look at your business and analyze where you're at and then from there reverse engineer where the gaps are and then to find the right materials to learn and be creative with so you can start circumventing those gaps. Yeah, and so we've talked about this a bunch and I'm gonna, I'll, I'll preface it and then I'll kind of go a different direction just to add some spice to the conversation. Please. But uh, Dominic says, and Dominic's here says, I like books, live and recorded courses and mentors. Well, we're live right now yeah. and heck, Mentors. Well, Dominic, yeah. I know some good fitness pro mentors that you can hang out with. But yeah, no, absolutely. I'm the exact same. You know, I was talking to messaging Curtis Clay this morning a little bit. I did a little thing yesterday. I was talking about, well, like, are you a boss or a leader? And then he brought up a great point. Well, like some people uh, need a quote unquote boss per se, someone to kind of give them some direction at the very beginning so they can kind of figure out where to go from there. Listen, we have talked a lot about, uh, and I've talked a lot about studying for the gig. And I still think that's like the hands down. If you're like, well, what do I study? Well, what do you got, right? I have a Glenn and Glenn's this age and he has a knee problem with this torn ligament and he wants X, Y, and Z. Great. Well, how do I get there? Well, that's where we have to kind of reverse engineer from there. That in itself, those little restrictions we just set up are limitations. And I love that. I think one of the best ways that you can learn something is set up a lens and create limitation. And this is Dominic here's a uh, martial artist, jujitsu. The um, line also has done jujitsu. We've done some exercise, <laughs> drums, right? No matter what you're learning, you're like, well, I want to get better at this thing. Okay, great. Let's do it from an exercise perspective. You want to get better at personal training. Well, one of the best things that you can do if you really want to explore creativity with exercise is use yourself. Good. So let's go on the gym floor, use your body for lab time. We've all done that before. Good. Now, what's my goal? Well, personally, I like getting stronger and growing muscle. Well, let's pick one of those. Let's go with muscle growth. Cool. And then let's pick a limitation. Limitation is I'm going to work on resistance profiles and I'm going to work only with machines that have matching resistance curves. Now we've got like a really interesting limitation because if I only have machines that have matching resistance curves and maybe I have a machine that doesn't have a matching resistance curve, now that creates an opportunity to how do I customize a machine that's mismatched to have a matching curve so I can actually use it towards a hypertrophy goal? Then how do I change how I'm actually executing that exercise to work with a hypertrophy goal? Do I want to not necessarily do full range of motion so I can allow for not so much fatigue to happen so quickly? Do I want to do the full range of motion so I have full substrate utilization and I don't get any chance to recover ATP in the same way? All of that is super fun. But you don't know what you don't know. And this is where figuring out what you want to try to do, figuring out where you're stuck, and then searching out the resources, checking us out, talking to people like Dominic, who's a very bright guy, and Glenn, who's a very bright guy, and asking, hey, I'm stuck here. What should I do? I love this. Setting a limitation and focusing on one tiny thing. We've talked about this before. If you focus on, like, let's just say the resistance profile thing, the resistance profile thing may not necessarily help you for the gig, right? This is like what I said, it's a sidestep. But going through that deep exploration of harnessing a skill and a level of knowledge in one direction will help you explore, explode your mind and be able to think of things differently. So when you do go to study to the gig or you go to martial arts or you go to drumming, you have explored all the way down one level of knowledge uh, acquisition and challenge to figure out, well, if I want to get good at this, what do I have to do? How do I set up limitations to help? I love it. Yeah, I mean, I love the idea of positive constraints because it, it really does force you to think outside the box and, and be creative, right? 
um, positive limitations, positive constraints, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think, and this may be a little bit more of a conceptual thing, and it's a bit of like a, a lateral move here. You know, one of the things that kind of frustrates me is when uh, I get the kind of like the excuse train, when it's um, either like a family I'm talking to or someone trying to help with something, regardless of, of what the endeavor is. It's like, well, I'm not sure what to do or how to go about it, or it's overwhelming or this, that, and the other. And it kind of comes back to something that we've been talking about in the uh, mentorship more and more, which is, are, are you a figure-outer or are you going to kind of be a, an excuser? And people who are figure-outers, when they come up to a problem, they seek out the solution and they try to figure it out. And then the day, these are the people that are going to expand past themselves where they are right now because there's always a reason not to do something. And this might have been something that I think probably everyone here has gone through at some point, which is, Maybe you're trying to lose a little bit of weight or you're trying to eat healthier and you've been eating great all day and some of your discipline starting to wane because it's late at night and you've had a stressful day and you get home and you think to yourself, I should really have that steak and broccoli. And then you see out of the corner of your eye those skinny pot potato chips or that last little chocolate bar and you do those mental gymnastics, right? Oh, I've been so good. I need to stimulate my metabolism by having more sugar to, to reset it and give my body a break or it's going to be in starvation mode or I've earned this, I can have this. But you, you have that moment in time where you can either decide and continue to be disciplined or you can let yourself roll with that excuse and have yet another reason not to do it. And there's always a payoff there for you and it's always going to be justified. You always have that reason to not do it in your mind. And so... What I'm coming down here, what I'm really trying to say is, is that we've got to be figure-outers and be disciplined in figuring out what we want to do next and stay the course, even if it's a little uncomfortable, even if it feels new, even if, honestly, it's a little boring. Because at the end of the day, there's always a reason not to do something. And if you give in to those reasons, you're just not going to grow. And we've all done it before with something. And we all probably, have, we all probably do it every week for, with some little thing. But for the stuff that matters, you've got to figure out a reason to move forward. Because it would absolutely suck if you're the most gifted most technical exercise professional out there that could help people lose weight or move pain free if they just gave you the time but because you never took the time to market and become a better communicator you just couldn't get people out in front of you and your business didn't grow and you left the exercise world to do some of the thing that you didn't like just to pay the bills i've seen it happen before brandon's seen it many times before it's frustrating for everyone gotta be a figure it outer yeah. I've said it a lot of times in this podcast. It's funny. I remember one day Glenn and I had just uh, finished doing an episode and you just run downstairs and I was up here and I heard one of Taylor's clients who runs a company. She's like, the best people are the people who can figure things out. And I was like, that's freaking perfect, right? The perfect example of like anyone who runs a business wants to find people to be a figure it outer. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, one of the things I'm sure Glenn can attest to this. I know Taylor can because I gave him a really hard push was I've tried to Anyone that work, I guess because I own the place, I try to mentor people in here and I push people and I tried to get people to become figure-it-outers for their own benefit because it's really easy for me to give someone an answer of what I would do from my experience. But then what ends up happening is the person or the client or becomes codependent on that piece of information. But if Glenn can learn how to figure out an, uh, a particular thought process, he can apply that to many different instances. And I know you've already been kind of a figure-it-outer, but Taylor here, uh, I've given him, I remember when we first started, I gave him a really hard shove 
And I would say, and I told him one time, I've said this before, I still think it's hilarious. I made him go to our local mall, sit on the bench and talk to three random old people and try to sell him training. And I said, listen, you're not going to sell them training. <laughs> but the, for the exercise is actually going out there and figuring out how to talk to people, what to talk about, and then how to ha have the conversation translate uh, that way, which is super cool. Anyway, just quickly, uh, ask Dominic, um, how has martial arts helped your fitness career? He said, we do this in our jujitsu class all the time. We set up a specific scenario and with a very specific goal and just focus on that in training. Yeah, 100%. Thanks, Dominic. Really appreciate that. I mean, that's the idea. I mean, honestly, I can think about this with like practicing music right now. I mean, I play a lot of different stuff and I've lately been working very, very hard on just drum and bass music. And I don't play drum and bass, but I'm trying to learn the skill set of it. And if I can master that direction, then when I go back to jazz, it's that much easier. Martial arts and fitness is all the same. I absolutely love this. Glenn, where do you want to go from here? I think, I think maybe we get into a little bit more of the practical stuff and some of the ideas around it. Cool. So best routes to acquiring knowledge. And, and here's, I mean, here's the fact of the matter. With the way technology is right now, the access to information that's free right, with an internet connection, so maybe not really free because nothing's truly free, but free with an internet connection or like watching some YouTube ads is absolutely enormous. All the information that you need to know, you can probably find online. People end up investing in programs like FPM because it's packaged and they set a path you to work with someone to really shorten the time and the frustration around finding the right information, how to implement, get the feedback, all that kind of thing, right? That's, what, that's, what, that's why investing in a coaching program can be beneficial. But even if you just want to go for the price of free and an internet connection, all the information is out there. So like step one in this whole process is like you gotta decide for yourself that you're gonna figure it out and you're gonna take some actions, right? That's kind of number one. For me, the second thing is, is you gotta be able to go out there and find somebody, whether it's a YouTube page or a mentor in person or an author, someone that's done what you want to do and has the proof that they've been successful at it and then start learning from them the kind of things that you need to know. When it comes to marketing, I like Alex Hormozy. Is everything he says to me super applicable? No. But the guy has different YouTube content and podcasts that he posts every day and a lot of them, most of them don't apply to me. But when I look through all of his content, there is some stuff, there's some stuff, because he did build like a multi-million dollar gym company. There is some stuff that applies to me that I can use, whether it's on a granular or big picture scale, that I can learn from and, and apply to my marketing and my business. And that works because he has so much, I trust him so much because he has so much social proof for what he's done. And he's created so many businesses based off his practices that I know what I hear from him actually works. And so when you're looking, in terms of your knowledge, find people that have done exactly what you want to do and learn from them. And it's fine to have multiple people. Why did it end up coming to Strata? Brandon built his own six-figure plus in-person personal training business. And he showed me through several conversations before I even worked here how I could do that too. Brandon was someone that I knew I could trust to show me that information. So it was a no-brainer for when I moved up here to work for Brandon. So number one for me, best reach to acquiring knowledge, it's free, go out there and find the people that have done what, that, that you, what you wanna do and learn from them. If you've got the extra cash lying around and it makes sense to fast track it, invest in their programs and services. If things are tight right now, completely understand. You gotta spend more time picking and choosing what you can learn from them. Make it happen, you gotta make it happen. Yeah, you do, do, you think, do you have anything you wanna add on to that one, Brandon there? 
Well, no, I mean, I, I come back and I think to, you know, I, I think having different seasons of mentors uh, is super important because mm-hmm. um, there's a time and place for like my Mario Mavridi was one of the first mentors I had in exercise land. And he taught, a lot, taught me a lot about communication and sales before him. I had a mentor. I worked at a comic book store as my first job. And the owner of the comic book store was a guy named Gordon Frew. And no exercise information whatsoever. I had a bit of a sales background. He taught me how to look at the eyes of someone when I was talking to them and, and find out their values to sell them comic book stuff. <laughs> right. And that was a great mentor at that time when I was 13. And then that's it. You know, I don't, he's not someone who has any value right now. Mario gave me a ton of information. From Mario, I met Peter, who exposed me to the RTS world. From Peter, I met Tom Purvis, which was great. From Tom Purvis, moving on, I learned Charlie, met Charlie McMillan. And all these people have really influenced me at different times in different ways. And I think the best way to think of it is like a set of clothing, right? Um, I see Glenn in this set of clothing. I'm sure he looks pretty good in a suit. I'm, pretty, I'm sure he also probably wears pajamas that might have stains and holes in them that I don't want to see him in. Each of those sets of clothing have different flavors of, of where, where Glenn is at in that day. And the truth is, each person that you have in your world, if they have achieved something that you want to achieve, has a set of clothing or a persona or knowledge set that you can learn something from. I'm a pretty okay drummer. He doesn't need to learn anything about that, right? But I do have a skill set in one direction, and it works fairly well. So... I think finding a mentor for the specific season that you're in is absolutely fantastic. Dominic, thank you so much. I think what you should really do is find something and kick your own ass in it and become the absolute best at it. Like, what do you want to memorize the most? What do you want to challenge yourself? Become the best at it. And when you think you're the best, try and go a little bit further because even if it's drums, uh, video games, if it's do ju- I said do jitsu, do 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 jujitsu, if it's exercise science, if it's teaching, whatever it is, if you get good at one of those things, you will have that skill set of how you learn to get good at it transfer. And this is where you see so many engineers who go on and start another career and just crush it because they have to learn so much to become an engineer. How many engineers do you know that have awesome career? Anyway, I think that's just perfect. I think it's a lot of fun. So this brings up like an interesting caveat to me, which is this idea of like certification stacking versus knowledge stacking. I think knowledge stacking and skill stacking have a, a huge compounding effect. The more different skills that you have, even if you have them at a very base level, it really just makes you exponentially more valuable and offer more value to people, whether you can communicate it more or you've got other skills that you can rely on that intertwine with each other. It's like creating a bigger foundation the more and more different skills that you have. Mm-hmm. This is really where I'm going outside the skill piece is so many people, and I see it a lot more with, I think, younger trainers or people who are younger in their career rather than more seasoned ones. The more and more I talk to more seasoned trainers like Brandon Green, Curtis Clay, um, like the Charlie McMillions, the people you, people you talk to, and none of them pursue certifications anymore. None of them look to get certified and go to necessarily like weekend courses to get a stamp on their resume. Everyone's going to figure out what knowledge they need and help fill another gap or learn something new at a very high level that's gonna help them move forward in their career. The thing about certifications are, especially if they're long drawn out ones, and there's a caveat because there are some really good ones, don't get me wrong, but a lot of certifications are gonna be these long drawn out things that maybe a small percentage of that information is gonna be valuable to you, but not all of it. If you are going to dive into a certification you really want to make sure you're, you do your due diligence to make sure that certification, that thing, is going to be well and worth your investment in time and money. So I'll give you an example. Right now, if I need to get certified again as a personal trainer, I would not go to CanFit Pro. 
because CanFit Pro is, the, in, uh, oh, maybe, ooh. I'll say it. That certification for me is very surface level stuff compared to what I know right now, right? It might be great for some people that might need insurance because you can get insurance to train people through that. I'm lucky that I don't need that. But for me, that's not going to do the job. I wouldn't go through that. Something that I did go through that was tremendously valuable to me was the muscle system specialist program, right? Done through Greg Mack. All that was all killer, no filler. And when I did that program, I had gotten the nod from you because we had talked about it a little bit. I'd gotten the nod from day for day. I'd gotten the nod from a whole bunch of people that said like, if you want to blow up your career, this is the program you have to go to. And I did my due diligence. The delineating factor here is that at the end of the day, it was the knowledge inside of those certifications that made the biggest difference in my career and the fact that all of that knowledge inside of it was really, really helpful. There are a lot of other people that are going to do certifications because they think that's going to be the next thing they need to do and those certifications have very little bearing on their career. I did an Olympic lifting, weightlifting certification only for a week and thank God, but I did an Olympic weightlifting certification and I used that certification zero times with my clientele. Because people that, that are everyday people that want to move and exercise pain-free don't need to be doing explosive overhead lifts. I can't think of anyone I've done any of that stuff with before. And so when it comes to this idea of certification versus knowledge stacking, what you're actually looking at is not the certification and what does the actual certification mean for you when you get the stamp. It's about what gaps in your knowledge that certification fill. And does it fill a great enough gap that it makes sense to spend your time and money on that thing? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not, I wasn't 100% sure if that was landing. I, just, I don't want anyone to hear Glenn saying don't get certified in things. You absolutely need a certifi- certification to, like, to train people, right, to have a base level of information, to get insurance. But the, an endless amount of certification shopping is not going to make or break your career, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know, I know, I know you wrote this down and your way you're saying it is even like you're trying to make it sound bitey so people can remember. But I think that, and which is good, I think that, but I think the thing that I would kind of like just punch in there at the end to add, like to add mm. with it, lateral yeah. to, not on top really, is uh, whatever you do, if it's certification or knowledge, it needs to change your behavior and it needs mm-hmm. to be practical into your day-to-day and your week-to-week. Like if you're going to learn something like Olympic lifting, cool. If you're an Olympic coach and that's all you're going to do and you're going to go work at a CrossFit gym for the rest of your life and open a CrossFit gym, uh, yeah, you should probably learn the best Olympic lifting stuff you possibly can in the world and spend that kind of thousands of dollars to learn that stuff. Um, but it's not going to change your behavior or change your career or change anything that you're going to do in your life when you get back to work on Monday, I think it's a complete waste of time. Okay. I'm right on board there. Cool. And I think that leads into like a nice transition and, and, you know, we've talked about this kind of like roundabout, but this is really what it comes down to is you get to take action with the new knowledge that you have, whether it's like gym lab time, you learn something, gym lab time, apply it so you can actually make use of it when you see people right? Or if I'm reading like an Alex Hormozy book so I can learn about business and marketing, I'm going to actually put that into place next time like I try something, right? And uh, this was, this next idea that kind of leads in from that was uh, based actually a conversation I had with a former client over the week and we just met for coffee. And um, he said he read this book that made a big difference for him and it was called uh, Do One Thing Different. And the whole premise of the book was that when you've gotten more information or knowledge even when you don't, but you're in a situation that repeatedly hasn't gotten any better, you have to try to do one thing differently. And the crux of the book was actually when you do one thing differently, even if it's not monumentally huge and doesn't seem like a big thing, that could drastically change the course of your life and you might not even know about it, right? 
whether you go in and talk to someone for the first time like Taylor did that he would have never thought about before, that one small action that first time that made him that much more comfortable give him some success totally changed the trajectory of how comfortable he feels with people, right? You, two, you have two ships sailing and they're sailing in the same direction, they're going the same course, you know, and they go over like five miles, they're right next to each other, no difference. But just one of those ships out of a 360 degree radius that could change direction, just changes one degree. Sure, over maybe a few feet, there's not much of a difference. But five miles later, you might not even see those ships anymore, right? Travel halfway across the world, that's a totally different destination because you made one small difference. And so that's what I challenge people for the people that, that maybe struggle to be figure outers or struggle to take different actions. If you can just do one small thing differently every day or every time you work with a client, you try coach them maybe a little bit differently than you did before with one exercise, or you try talk to them a little bit differently about something that is a new concept for them. You just try it on. That could change your life. It could change their life. And that's really what it's all about because if you do one thing different and you can be 1% better right, every week or every day, that compounds hugely over time. So don't make it, if you're like me, this monumental task where you've got to do a whole different project or a whole different thing and then overload yourself with all those details. Sometimes, conceptually, you just try something a little bit different and see where it goes. And as long as you're okay trying something a little bit different and failing a little bit every day, you're going to be a totally different person a year from now and then a year after that. And that's really what growth is. So don't try to do everything in a day. Just small little things at one time. Chunk it up for yourself. It's going to make a huge difference. Thank you, Brad Thor, for this quote, but you got to fail forward. Oh, I think yeah. you got to fail forward. That, that's what it is. Yeah. Anyway, i tell you what. Let's switch to our pick of the weeks. Okay. And I'll go first. So I'm not throwing it on you. Okay. I, I because it kind of leads off of your point. Well, okay. Well, that makes sense. Go ahead, Brad. All I'll throw out there, and it's kind of like, it's my favorite pick, and it's something, I actually haven't said it to you or anybody new here, but I said it to Eric and Taylor and Chris and anybody that I had to start work at the gym here for a while. What? I remember it. Do you remember what your very first pick of the week was when we first did this podcast? I don't. I'll tell, tell everyone afterwards. Just tell the, tell uh, the story. Do, do one thing every day that makes you a little uncomfortable and you're a little afraid of. And the truth is you just take that one little mentality of like, because I don't know about for you, but for me, when I was working with clients, you know, like I'd have that one conversation that gave me that discomfort in my throat or that one fear of I'm going to pick up the phone and call this person. I don't want to do it, right? If you have enough of those little micro fearful anxiety, I don't like this situation conversations and things each day, things you don't like, and you do one little one every day for a long time, I mean, you got 365 of those in a year. You do a bunch of these little micro, I'm afraid of this events. And all of a sudden you kind of end up at this place where you're sort of fearless. You're not really afraid of anything. And even the other day, I hate heights. I'm totally afraid of heights. Like I hate it, hate it. But I changed one of the lights in here for the first time in many years. And I got up really high up there. I mean, these ceilings are 25-foot ceilings. Lights are down at 20 feet. I don't like it. But I still did it. Heart rate doubled, but it was good. I encourage you all to do one thing that scares you a little bit each day. Make a little bit of pee come out of you because you're so scared. And I'll tell you, you do it a little bit each day, and you will end up at a place where you're fearless, and you will not regret it. Everyone pee a little bit every day. Um, Brandon's first pick of the week. Back when we did this podcast... It was originally for just like lay public and we we're just having fun and we really hadn't found our ground yet. Brennan's first pick of the week was, was a knife. He's like, it's good to have a knife because knives, you can always cut boxes. Oh, I still like, got one. Do you remember? I know, but the, yeah, yeah. that was your first pick of the week. I thought it just because yeah. the way you said that would made me think about it. He's like, always, no, always no. have a knife around. I don't have, you I, never know when you're going to, it has so much utility. You never know when you're going to need a yeah, knife. I got one over there. I got one in my jacket that I walk around with every day. Absolutely. <laughs> I loved it. Um, never, you never know when you're going to have to cut somebody. That's, that's, see, that's what I was trying to avoid saying. Um, my pick of the week is, is a little bit more concept, conceptual. 
Um, but it's books. And the reason it's books is not because it's better than like YouTube or find them into our conversation or anything like that, but because there's this very real thing that when you exchange your money for something, you become more invested. I have had people where I offered to do exercise with them for free for several weeks to help them. And they all said no. Because when people get something for free, you've probably been down that route as well. When you offer something for free, intrinsically, subconsciously, there's no value in that because you had to give nothing up except for maybe your time when you get started. But even if you invest a little bit of money into something, right, it, to your subconscious, that's skin in the game. And the reason I like books is because books are relatively inexpensive. If you can get a $15 or $20 book, right, new, Go to a used bookstore, a garage sale, and get something for even cheaper. But you get a $15 or $20 book and it gives you one piece of knowledge that has a big impact on you for what you needed right now and can change your life. What an investment. And because you paid for it, you'll actually read it and go through it because you've got skin in the game. So I know I've talked about, you know, you can get a mentor, you can invest in a program, you can go to YouTube. A book is a very low-hanging piece of fruit that you can buy, that is a really active process so you learn better, then give you a huge piece of knowledge and information. It's one of the reasons I love books. Even watching YouTube videos, how often you get distracted by a text message, even if it's important information, or you look over, you can't really stay glued, but when you read a book, you are in it. Glenn Owen, Pick of the Week books. You know, it's funny, I mean, I'll just throw out there at the end of that is truthfully, mm-hmm. all of the mentorship content that I teach you guys, it's, I mean, it's much more organized, but that's what I, I've been teaching to people that have worked here uh, since day one and uh, for free, right? Just by showing up and being here. And some people have taken that information and run with it and they've got full careers and some people uh, are not here as much anymore, unfortunately, and they didn't use it. And that was when I was doing it all for free. And so I started charging for it. A lot more people started implementing it. 100%. Yeah. Invest into knowledge. Yeah, 100%. You have to. If I was to say like uh, a TLDR from today is you got to be a figure outer, right? And you want to acquire the knowledge but you want to acquire the knowledge that's going to help you right now with a lot of your biggest problems that are right in front of you, whether it's how you grow your business or maintain your business, or whether it's how you help and work with particular clients because there's something that you've never seen before and you've got to learn about. You have to be able to figure out where your gaps are and ruthlessly, with discipline, go out and attack them. And it doesn't have to be hard or time-consuming. Just because you're intense doesn't mean you have to be tense. Try doing a little bit of different stuff every day, a little couple of stuff that scares you and you're going to be amazed at how your career flourishes by just focusing on the now with these small little details you're trying to learn. And I'm going to throw something out there. I'm going to have some fun with this. If someone mm-hmm. has listened to this entire podcast right now to this exact point and you've been thinking about doing our mentorship, if you before the end of the year, before the end of 2022, send me a message and you say, Rainmaker 2022, I'll give you $1,000 off our mentorship. Throwing that out there right now. Anyone that's listening to it. Dominic, let's go. But send me a message. Let's do this and uh, let's make it rain. Rainmaker 2022. Anyway, everyone, I'm going to eat some food. Glenn's going to go poop. We're going to go enjoy our evening. He's not going to do that. We're professionals here. We don't do that. Anyway. 100% efficiency. (laughs) Everybody, hope you guys have a wonderful week. Glenn, that was great. Thank you so much. Everyone take care. Have a great day and uh, we'll see you in the next one. See you in two weeks. Good one. (laughs) 